One percenters, welcome back to another episode of the One Percent Podcast with David Nurse. Thank you so much for joining me today. You could be listening to anything else, doing anything else right now, but you're here with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for you. This Thanksgiving holiday season time, I'm super thankful for you. All right, let me ask you this. Do you want to get great sleep every night? Like optimal deep sleep, REM, wake up, feel like you're rested and ready to just punch life in the face. Do you want that? If you do, keep listening. If not, if you don't like getting good sleep and you want to feel like you're really tired and groggy every morning, just stop this right now. And here it is, Chili Pad, ChiliTechnology.com. These guys are my favorite, not just because their product is amazing, and ChiliPad actively manages the body's temperature to deliver a magical, deep sleep, great REM, makes you feeling like you've woken up just fully rested and recovered to attack the day. But the people they are, I know them well, and they are some of the best people that will care for you, make sure that you are absolutely getting the most out of every night's sleep. And think about it too. You're going to save a ton of money just because you don't have to turn the air conditioner down to 60 degrees. This chili pad or the Uller, it's going to regulate your body's temperature to sleep in the cold. Cool sleep is magical sleep. Chili pad has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, ESPN, New York Times, Forbes. I literally gift it to all my NBA players so I know they are getting the best sleep. Because there's nothing worse than waking up the next morning and feeling like, man, I can't even go through the day because I didn't get great sleep. Chili Pad has been my key, my ticket to a great night's sleep basically every single night. All right, I'm a little biased, but this one today is a great one. If you think you're connected, think again. Michael Trainer, my guest today, might be the most connected person you will ever meet, but in the most genuine way. So before we were recording this podcast, we strolled around Air One grocery store together in Venice, California, and Michael basically stopped and had a full in-the-moment conversation with nearly everyone in the store. But that's who Michael Trainer is. Real, true, genuine. You would never know that. He raised $1.3 billion for Global Citizen, a global poverty project bringing on the likes of the Foo Fighters, the Black Keys, and many more top-level performers. Or, hey, he was a Fulbright Scholar at Columbia University. Or, he spent years living and studying in Sri Lanka. Or, even more so, the Dalai Lama considers Michael a good friend. And you would never know that unless you know Michael. And then you fully understand what I'm talking about. And that's what you're going to find out today on the 1% Podcast, who Michael Trainer is and why he is one of the most genuine and real people that you will ever meet. And in this episode, you're going to learn how Michael has grown his unthinkable network and how you can as well. How you can take the tips, the tricks, everything that he has done and incorporate it into your own life while being fully you. Michael doesn't do things to necessarily make a ton of money. He does things to make a difference in others' lives, to change the world, to impact lives. And in doing so, everything else, including the money, falls right into place. He lives the life we all want to live. And now it's time to dissect, to learn exactly how you can as well. So buckle up, because here we go. 
go. So Michael Trainer, I look at you as the most interesting man in the world. It's tough to put you in a box. You have so <laughs> many different areas of expertise and things you've done in your past and it's just the, the thing that stands out to me the most is just the person that you are. Like literally, you have some kind of way about you that's just so cool, calm, collective, like you're never in a hurry, but yet you've done absolutely so much. Is that something that has always just been who you are? Or has that kind of been a mindset that you've developed? Well, first of all, thank you, brother. Uh, very honored to, uh, to hear those words. The truth, man. Yeah, man. Uh, it means the world to me. I would say that uh, I've done a huge amount of work. You know, I know you work a lot with elite athletes, and I'm definitely not an elite athlete. But um, in regards to mindset and mindset training, uh, I've definitely put in my 10,000 hours in regards to just the, the personal work that I think comes with uh, the work we need to do within to create ideally epic results without. You know, I think oftentimes it's not discussed that when you're looking to create big results in the world you have to start with you know the commensurate work within you know I think a lot of times we look at um, someone's achievement and, and you know we think about you know all the all the external things that must have happened you know okay how'd you build this team and and right. you know right. how'd you raise this amount of money and that led to this amount of revenue um, or you know you hit the Super Bowl you know it was this combination of people but what's not talked about, I think, as frequently is, you know, Tom Brady, what, he's in his 40s now? I mean, after they're 8-0, like, absolute beast, you know, uh, goat, in, in my opinion. And, but what does that take? You know, I mean, the guy literally, I don't think, has eaten even, like, a strawberry <laughs> in, like, you know, 12 years. Yeah, uh, yeah. The discipline in terms of preparation, in terms of, of training. And, and so for me, whether that be meditation, whether that be, you know, uh, yoga, whether it be uh, sports, you know, I do do a variety of, uh, of different sports, whether it be, uh, you know, men's leadership training, whether it be, you know, whatever the modality is, I've, I've just, I've done a tremendous amount of different experiences that expose me to areas in which I may have discomfort or experiences that are challenging so that I can transcend whatever fear and limitation I perceive in, in order to create the results I want to create in the world. Amazing. And, and speaking on that is, what, what do you find that drives you? Like you've been able to create so much, Global Citizen raising a 1.3 billion, uh, the amazing podcast that you have going, like what, what drives you? What is your motivator of why you want to do so much? What's the purpose? What's I guess, what's your purpose, I guess, for very broad-termed question there for you? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So I had, uh, not long ago at this table, uh, Ryan Holiday, yep. and he actually gave me a coin that said uh, Memento Mori, which is basically an old Stoic saying, which is, ostensibly, remember you're going to die, right? Yeah. And I think in, in America especially, we have this aversion to death and to dying. Um, but I think if you approach it wisely, it's the greatest impetus for living. You know, uh, there's an old Native American saying, "It's a good day to die," yep. and that was a war, you know, a warrior's credo. And for me, I literally keep that coin by my desk as I'm sort of typing away. And as many of us, you know, we can be, uh, you know, apt to distraction. But I, I always come back to, "Hang on, is this actually feeding the life I want to be living?" And yeah. and mostly that results or relates to, you know, what kind of consequence am I having on other people's life, right? Like, Harvard 
did a, the longest, longest longitudinal study of its kind, and it showed that the greatest corollary to your long-term health and happiness is the caliber of your long-term relationships. And so for me, the impetus for living is the eulogy exercise where I think about like, okay, if I'm dying on my deathbed, who do I want to be there? And how do I want to be remembered? And for me, it's not like, yo, I had three Lambos in a driveway. It's <laughs> how many people did I impact? Absolutely. Hopefully I left the world a little bit better than I found it. And how many epic experiences did I share with people I love? So for me, it's like, okay, I want to create containers in which people can feel uh, fully alive uh, that hopefully you know leave the world uh, in a better place and hopefully make people's uh, lives better you know a lot of the work as you know that I've focused on has been more on the sort of social impact side but interestingly enough one of my favorite quotes is uh, by a gentleman named Howard Thurman and you may know this quote but it's basically don't ask what the world needs ask what make you come alive and do that because what the world really needs is for people to come alive and I my hope is that in some, some small way, I can create containers, experiences, platforms that help people come alive. Man, you're, I mean, obviously you've already done that. And just seeing, uh, speaking about relationships and how important relationships are, like we just had lunch at Air One, yeah. and you knew literally everybody at Air One. <laughs> Not just in a way of like, hey, I'm just going to wave to you. You genuinely knew them. You went up to them, had a conversation with them, were so in, into whatever that they were doing. It was, it was amazing. Like, Thank you, brother. I don't know if you're actually like that into it. Like I was, I mean, I know you are actually, but yeah, just, I mean, it's I think just it's great to see me. It's just so refreshing because it's not like you're not trying to take. And no point of it was you ever asking any of these people for something that they could do for you. It's like, man, yeah, let me help you. Let me connect you with him. Let me connect you with him. So I think it's just innate in you, and it's amazing, man. Yeah, man. I thank you. I mean, and thank you for seeing that as well. Um, it's tough to miss. Yeah, dude. I I think it's. I, I, it's genuinely something I've I've just developed a passion for. I feel like when I'm really, you know, in my space, that's the place I've come from, right? It's yeah. like focus out, always focus out, you know. And, and honestly, like for those listening, like you know, those moments which all of us get into if you're in your shit, you know, or you're in a place of like you know, challenge, depression, you know. I'm not prescribing this obviously for clinical depression, but you know, we all have dark moments. It's like. Buy the person behind you at Starbucks a coffee. You know, like anything that you would yeah, do man. to get out of your own. Because, you know, if you're in a place of gratitude, you can't be in a place of self-loathing. So it's like, for me, it's now just become so much of a practice. Like, I literally love just going out. Whether it's the bus driver or like the guy at the bus in New York, the bodega. You know, man, hey, how's it going? You know, like zero <laughs> transactional exchange at all. Yeah. But like, actually, that's how I judge the success of my day. I was like... Did I meet a stranger that I've never met before? Did it evoke a smile? Did we have a cool exchange? I mean, some of my like most prized memories are actually with like total strangers, uh, where we just like got into like you know it's like you could be sitting next to Aretha Franklin on the bus. It, obviously, if you don't see her in like Carnegie Hall, you'd never have any idea she's Aretha Franklin. But how badass if you had actually met Aretha Franklin while she's on the bus, right? Like everyone has that gift in them. We don't always experience it because they may not be on their respective stage. But, you know, I feel like everyone's got that gift. And I think just we all need, because we're social beings living in this illusion of, you know, of individuality, right? Um, and, and yet we're all interconnected and interdependent. And so the more I think we can love on others, not that we do it for ourselves, but the more actually tangentially and not in like a quid pro quo way it just comes back at us it absolutely does 
I used to do that too, and I need to get back to doing it. So I'd, I'd write the word serve just right above my door handle. So every time I open the door to leave for the day, that I just remember that I was going to serve somebody. Yeah. Because it just, I mean, obviously it fills you up so much more. And when you just give and give and give without even thinking you're going to get anything in return, that's when it absolutely all comes back to you in return. 100%. Which is, which is definitely happening for you too. So, like, in having this type of outlook on life, like, it has this been developed through all your travels? Like, not many people that I've met in this world have traveled more than I have. I used to literally live in a plane, going from country <laughs> to country to run basketball camp after basketball camp. But your experience internationally traveling, seeing cultures, being able to learn from some of the smartest minds in the world, has that shaped you? 100%. I mean, so I lived, by way of context, a lot. some of my earliest experiences were actually pretty gnarly when I, was, when I left home. So without going into great detail, um, you know, I got jumped my, my first experience alone abroad in Spain uh, by a gang. And uh, so I associated leaving the nest with trauma. I had actually developed what was called at the time sort of an obsessive compulsive personality. And what I, what I realized is the only way to cure that was actually what they call exposure therapy. Uh, and that's this basically when you, f you ostensibly confront that which you're afraid of. Yeah, so for yeah. me, leaving home was actually a scary proposition because I had a, a safe nest. I was born in the city in Chicago. I mean, it wasn't all fun and games, so to speak. But I, for whatever reason, had had a couple of really gnarly experiences when I left home. So for me, I decided that uh, I was just going to confront it. And so I was like, all right, what's the farthest away from the nest that I can go? And I lived in Chicago, grew up in the city. And on the other side of the world was this country called Sri Lanka I had never heard of. Uh, and it was a country amidst civil war. So I was like, right, I'm going to Sri Lanka. And I literally lived there. That was my junior year in college. I lived there for nine months um, and then wound up actually living there, going back from my senior year, graduating, going back again on a Fulbright, studying there for another yeah. year wow. and was gone. So for almost two years of my life, more than two years of my life, I was in a village on the other side of the world where I stood out like a six foot four white guy. I definitely stood out like a sore thumb. But it was profound, man, because it was I was I was forced to confront one, my fear, and two, a culture where no one knew anything about me. I didn't have any friends or like people that had any shared experience even. Um, and so, but yet I had to find the shared humanity. So it was so beautiful. And in, in Sri Lanka, there's no word for privacy and there's no word for possession. So you exist in relationship to the whole. So what was cool is like this notion we have of, of you know, having someone's back. And you see that like in, in our context, like in a team, and I know you work a lot with elite teams, you know, in elite teams or even in the military, where like there's that sense of brotherly camaraderie, right? And like that's where a lot of the PTSD comes from. You know, honestly, obviously, there's this profound trauma that comes in war for, for many people. But I think also there's there's this purpose that people feel that they don't feel when they come home. You know, it's like if you have your brother's back, literally life or death, and you come back and you're like working at Walmart. You know, it's it's not just the lack of trauma; it's the lack of that brotherly solidarity. And for me in Sri Lanka, I saw that many of the ways that we see ourselves as these sort of islands of individuality is actually kind of a fallacy. And and I liked being in a culture where actually it was very much like, not only do I have your back, but you, like my happiness is inextricably yeah. linked to you. Yeah. And so that's informed my whole life because I realized, okay, well, 
It's not just the About Me show. In fact, it's definitely not the About Me show because most people I know who are totally about me are miserable. Yeah. I mean, they may, no you know, they may be like on on paper. You know what I mean? It's like, like what if we define billionaire by instead of like I got a billion dollars, like I impact a billion lives, and I, I'm not the first person to articulate that concept. But it's yeah. like, I bet that billionaire is way happier. And I mean, I'm sure there are billionaires that are like super happy. But like, if I look at Warren Buffett, who's crushed it, or Bill Gates. Both of them have like basically, yeah, like they crushed the game, so to speak, financially, but they're giving away the lion's share, almost all of their resources to others. And I think that's probably what's fueling them more than like the yeah, actual just accumulation of the wealth. Yeah, and it's interesting because, I mean, Steve Jobs was the same way. Yeah. I mean, one of the most richest people, most successful people. So it's yes. just shifting the way that people look at certain terms like success or failure. And you were able to do that. Like you were able to get out of your comfort zone and seek something that might have been so foreign and so just out of this world crazy to be able to find yourself and and grow 100 percent. so what do you what do you see that as far as like as you've been able to build you've been able to build peak mind you've been able to build global citizen like what have you seen being the the most uh, i guess challenging challenging ways to be able to grow yourself while having to concede to growing like a whole whole uh company, whole business, whole uh, entrepreneurial growth? Say, repeat that question just because I want to make sure I get it. Yeah, the, the challenges that you face. So coming back from Sri Lanka, now you're coming back into the main world. Mm. You're growing your own business. You're growing your own brand. Yep. Are you taking the same type of things that you've learned through not wor worrying about what the world is uh, deeming a success and just... You know, I think it's, it's a beautiful... It's actually quite a beautiful question, and I want to make sure I answer it as authentically as possible. I mean, the challenges have been myriad, right? Like we, we I think we all confront challenges. You know, as you know, as a as a personal friend, you know, for me, you know, my dad, for example, having dementia has been a profound personal challenge, which has actually, interestingly enough, affected my professional trajectory. So I was building Global Citizen when I found out my dad uh, was diagnosed with dementia, and you know, you'd say, well, that's not necessarily, it's not me right that's like having that particular challenge but it was a for lack of a better term a canary in the coal mine where it was like okay i realized not just for my dad but like okay half the u.s population is pre-diabetic you know half the chinese population is pre-diabetic like this is a whole like you know and they're calling dementia type 3 diabetes it was it was sort of it was and, and then this is the person also you know one of the people I love most on the planet, you know, and like, so it's like, you know, I wish that not on my worst enemy to watch the person you love the most sort of slowly deteriorate before you. And the degree to which that was challenging for me, I can't even really articulate. But at the same time, you know, again, to evoke sort of Ryan Holiday, you know, he wrote this beautiful book, which I think your listeners, should, if any of your mm -hmm. listeners are going through a hard time, should check out Obstacle is the Way. You know, I read that book. I also read a book called Resilience, which was beautiful by a Navy SEAL who who was helping his a brother in arms who had come back and had fallen to alcoholism, sort of come back into his path and his way. And I read a couple of different books, and you know, I, I pursued a, a bunch of different modalities uh, of uh, sort of leadership training communities that would help support me through the rebirth of of how I would turn what I would call the shit in life, you know, into compost, right? How do you turn nice. that into fuel nice. for like your next garden? Like and for that. me, leaving Global Citizen, which was at that point now in, in a very good position, and and starting Peak Mind, which was wild, because it's like, you know, 
a lot of people talk about when you leave something after it fails, how hard that is. But it's also hard to leave something that's super successful. You know, I'm like, as I told you, like, it messes with your ego. You know, you're like, okay, like I was identified in this way, and like that felt pretty good. I worked real hard to get there, but actually, I'm gonna start over, um, and start over with this whole new context of challenge, which was which was happening on a familiar level. So, you know, the challenges actually though have been the greatest catalyst because. I would say, you know, while well, Global Citizen was epic professionally, I was also burning burning it at both ends. So if I continued working those, you know, 12, 14 hour days and then going out and, you know, it's like New York, it's like most of your meetings, it's either coffee or drinks. You know, it's like, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a young man's game and it's not sort of sustainable. And so for me, when I saw this health consequence, uh, familial health consequence, I was like, right, you know, I got to get, I got to get this ship sailing in a, in a better direction personally because you know i want to make sure that i'm there also to be able to support my dad you know because he did for a variety of reasons yeah, i wanted to be there for, for my sure. family so for me the la move which is now i'm so grateful for you know obviously love new york uh did a great number of years there love that city but for me to be able to like this past weekend like i went on retreat in Ohio, you know it's like <laughs> to be able to like you know, and we're we're going to air. You know, I mean, it's like yeah, you know, we have access to like healthy food. You know, after this, we'll go hit Beaches the beach. Right you know, yeah, I'll go jump in the ocean. It's like cold plunge. I got a sauna. So not to be like the you know like take the piss. You know, the L.A. guy. But it, but at the same time, it's like look, I've come to realize that for the long game, which I'm playing, you know, it's I want to turn those challenges, whether that be in a daily basis or whether that be in a prolonged. You know, my dad is now on almost 10 years right like this is a long game and it's it, and it's challenging to its core and it doesn't get better it's like a very long long goodbye it's like how do i how do i prepare myself and be there for my family in the best possible way and for me to sort of bring it full circle that's about that inner game and it's about the sort of spiritual compost if you if you will and mm -hmm. whether you're spiritual or not but it's mm -hmm. about that that inner game of to your point, mindset and knowing that any challenge that comes my way, if I choose to see it as happening for me rather than to me, nice. is a gift. Nice. And so everything that's come my way, I'm like, all right, I'm. This is. These are reps. These are reps in my inner gym. Really cool. And I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do the reps I need to do so that I can step out and face the day. And you know, I guess I'm mixing analogies here, but like, I want to. I want to hit that gym and I also want to tend that garden in a way where it's like, okay. You know, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but I'm going to take the challenges and I'm going to turn them into my opportunities. Dude, you hit so many great points right there. Let me see if I can backtrack because there's a lot of things I want to talk about there. First of all, you're looking at things from a different perspective. How anything that happens is just the way that you look at it. Yeah. That's exactly what, what my book Pivot and Go is about, making mindset and pivots. Small little shifts and pivots, the way you look at something that can change the whole trajectory in your outlook on life and you do a very great job of that also being a creator like you said leaving something that was really good and then going to something else yeah like most people will just stay stuck in their little comfort zone which obviously at a young age you figured out how to get out of i'm also from the midwest lived in new york yeah. now live in la so yeah. we got that same path yeah so it's it's and people like that are able to get out of their comfort zone and I, I absolutely grows you like tremendously and I mean, we all know that. We all know that. But to actually experience it and do that. Like, I see you as somebody who, there's a few people that I think, like, okay, if, if they're going to say they're going to do something, 
they're gonna do it. Yeah. Like you speak it into existence. Yes. Like it's gonna happen. Like I, I love doing that. If I'm gonna say I'm gonna do something, like when I wrote a book, like I was a basketball coach, NBA coach, that I wanted to write a book, become an author, become a speaker. Just say, it. just tell a bunch of people it's gonna happen. Yeah. And well, you and also not just it's gonna happen because it's like I said it because it's gonna happen, but also the accountability yes. and also as yeah. a man of integrity which I know you are, it's like if you say something, then it's like come hell or high water, right? Like some people talk as if they're just like, you know, BSing around or whatever. (laughs) But it's like, for me, like what you're saying, and that's actually, that's one of the pieces I loved about New York and and the Midwest, is I felt like there was an integrity. Like if I say if I'm going to meet you at 8 a.m. next Tuesday, I don't need to check in, yo, are we staff meeting? I'll see you at 8 a.m. See, I LA'd you last week, didn't I? No, 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 that's not that's not even you. That's yeah, that was that is LA because you're right because you do check in, and that's my that's my one challenge with this city. I call it I call it the soft yes, hard navy. Uh, Everyone is basically a hard navy. Funny is that though that we talked about that too before we did before the city. Yeah. So it's like I love the lifestyle here, but I long for that. I long for that directness from what I would call the Midwest to the East Coast. Mm -hmm. But but I think to your point, you know, I think. You're spot on, man. It's like, if you say something, do it or do your damnedest to do it, you know? Yeah. Like, it's okay to fail. In fact, man. that's what life's about, right? Sure. Entrepreneurship is like, Edison, what, 10,000 failures before the light bulb. Yep. So, yep. you know, it's like we, we all kind of hide. It's like hide from our failures. But no, just do it. And if you fail, own it. I mean, that's where people relate to you. I mean, that's the, that's the other great learning I've learned, right? It's like I came from New York and I was like hard shell, ready to go, you know, like, <laughs> let's go business, business. And I was like, man, people here are like talking about their emotions a lot, you know? <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. But then ultimately, I was like, actually, what makes you relatable and the people I've seen that crush are the people who are vulnerable, strong and vulnerable in terms of being like, yeah, you know, like, I, you know, I, I messed up here or I didn't, I, I failed. But like, guess what? I got up and did it again. It's like, because people can then relate to that. If you're just like Michael Jordan all day and like, yeah. you never know the struggles that Jordan went through, then well, okay, well, it's not super relatable. You may respect him, but you don't necessarily see yourself in him. Whereas I think, you know, when we when we have these, we, these people that are extraordinarily successful or we look up to, it's actually so helpful to say, okay, these people are going, at, they're playing a big game, they're declaring something and they're going after it. But also like, there's a whole road we don't see, and I actually love, and we see that more now. I mean, we live in the Instagram generation where most people are giving you their highlight reel, but how refreshing! How refreshing when people give you some of the lowlights or really like the, the midlights in the in yeah. the middle of that process to make yeah. it more human. Yeah, that's, that's that's a really good point, man. It's the unseen hours that people put in, and it's just to being being a genuine person. Like you would, you would, I take you as an LA person. Like yeah. you just like I was telling you, you're calm, you're chill, you're relaxed. <laughs> like you already you already got the LA LA vibe going. One thing else I like about you too is the last couple mornings I've listened to you lead me through a meditation practice. Yeah. And on on your podcast, so I've been listening to it, and I really really resonate with people that take time for gratitude, take time for whatever your meditation might be. I'm a big believer. Like Christ is my uh, every morning pray, have my gratitude time. Yeah. But it's something that really centers you, and something that really I mean. I, I just see like oozing out of you. I get peaceful. I get joy around you. <laughs> Thank you, brother. And and obviously we're looking at the the Dalai Lama here too, and behind you. But like, has that always been something that has been uh, a staple of how you have been able to find your joy? Like, is that how you find your joy to find the inner self in you? Yeah. To be able to give it out. Yeah, I mean, I think 
you know, you, you gotta, you know, it's like you gotta put the, you know, you gotta put the mask on first, in essence, before you can sort of be there, support, be a light, whatever that is for other people. And I've definitely been curious throughout my life, whether it be, you, you know, I was also born um, a, a, a Christian. I've also lived in Sri Lanka, which was a Buddhist country. You know, I had the, had the great opportunity of, of studying from and learning from, you know, some of the great masters in a variety of different traditions. And, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you find your grounding in, um, you know, for me, I'll say, you know, speak authentically, nature is like my, it's, that's like my church. You know, when I, when I need to like reconnect to myself, like this past weekend, you know, it's like I go, I go out into the, into the woods and, you know, uh, this past weekend, for example, you know, I was like, all right, I got to get straight on this next six months. I have some big goals I want to achieve. And I could feel myself starting to get into the monkey mind, you know, which all of us do, uh, you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? And I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta take a minute, whatever that is in New York, you'd be like, all right, I gotta go to the Hudson river and sit on a bench. Yeah, like it does not whatever it is you, right. you, and that could Anytime. be for you. It could be going to church. It could be going to the meditation cushion. It could yeah. be, and I have definitely, cause I think, you know, they say win the morning, win the day. I definitely feel like yeah, when absolutely. I do the majority of my me my morning practices, which involves meditation, which involves gratitude, which involves journaling, like definitely my day is set up in a better way. Yeah. But look, we're all human. You know, I'm not like, I'm not one of those guys who professes to know it all, but I'll say I definitely am in the listening and in the listening to myself and in the listening to others and a great student of life. And I feel like, you know, the people that I respect the most aren't oftentimes the ones that are the preachiest, but that the ones who kind of, uh, you know, sort of lead through their way of being and lead through story. And, you know, there's a great, you said you're from the Midwest, so you may have seen this. I don't know if you have, but if your listeners haven't seen The Straight Story, I highly recommend che checking it out. Straight it's a story. true story. Okay. So it's a Midwestern guy, about 80 years old. He finds out he has terminal cancer and he hasn't talked to his brother for 10 years. And so he drives, the only thing he's got, he drives a tractor. It's a true story, from Iowa That's to Wisconsin. That's right where I'm from, man. <laughs> Iowa, <laughs> exactly. That's it. So he drives, from, he drives a freaking tractor that goes like 10 miles an hour, awesome. so with over 1,000 miles from basically Iowa to Wisconsin. But it's beautiful because he encounters, as we all do on our journey of life, these different figures along the way. And what I loved is, you know, he's a flawed human. We're all flawed in our own ways. Okay. But... He he what he didn't ever you know he, there's this particular scene where there's this girl who you know is going through some very particular challenges uh, and you know runs away from home and she finds him on the side of the road and uh, you know he makes her a hot dog and they sit by this campfire in the middle of nowhere and instead of being like young lady this is what you should do he's just like you know I don't really know much about anything but <laughs> I'm going to share this story and of course it was like a parable you know or or a narrative whatever yeah. whatever whatever that 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 teaching is and in that story she found the perfect answer so for me the the greatest thing I can say is whatever 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 that source is for you if it's you know if it's religious if it's meditation for me it's it's oftentimes a combination of a variety of things but I know nature is my like go to it's like find your center and know what what place is for you that is sacred in the context of that center and make a practice out of, out of going back there. Man, I love that so much. 
Okay, so some of those practices and those habits and those routines that you do that make you who you are, that make you the absolute one percenter that you are, what are like some of your biggest, like some of your secrets or some of the ones that you think are your non-negotiables, like this is what I have to have. Like for me, I have to three minute ice cold shower absolutely has to happen. Yeah. Like, that gets me going. You got yeah. any like main things that are like, like these are yes. my secrets. 100%. So few things. Uh, one is to use your one percenter in uh, context is actually yes. seek to get one percent better than you were the day before. Yeah, that's the term right there. That's it, man. Beauty. You know, I, I think often, often, often look at like one percenter is like, are you the one percent of the world? Yeah, I think I, I'm actually more about like, how can we all be, you know, on this bus together, so to speak, you know, the entire world. And how can we do that in the best possible way? And I think we'd all be better served if we just sought to be not compare ourselves to other people, but to who we were yesterday and try to be just a slightly, Ooh, de this is a slight degree funny. better. So for me, what helps in that process for myself mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, exercise, moving, sweating, you know, getting that, like getting that perspiration in every day. I do hot yoga followed by a cold shower. Beautiful. I love the hot cold combination. Again, nature. Uh, you know, my, one of my secrets, I've got this spot in Ohio I go to that has literally this cold creek next to hot sulfuric hot springs. So I go from a hot sulfuric bath into cold springs after a nice hike. It's like the game changer. Um, beach runs, you know, for me, jumping in the ocean, watching the sunrise, sunset as much as possible to get into the circadian rhythms yeah. and like remind us. You know, it's amazing. It's like certain yeah. things have yeah. <clears throat> just, a, just a true human primordial grounding essence right like i'll go out there at sunset everyone is sitting there watching the sunset right it doesn't matter i go out there i've, I've lived here five years people still approach it like it's god's great art show it is every day it's always different and you're like it doesn't get old yeah you know you're never like oh yeah that was cool it was the sunset no you're like man that was beautiful you yeah. know so sunset fire last night you know made a fire got a fireplace here you know, fire is just like it's been part of humanity for, you know, tens of thousands of years, you know, and it just brings us back to that, like, that essence. And so, for me, reading, you know, most of the, of the, of the people who are, you know, elite performers that I respect and admire, you know, we're in this technological age and all of us fall victim to our screens, you know, but like pulling away so from the much, screen man. and going analog, you know, like mm -hmm. reading a book. You know, like we have access to these incredible minds, you know, it's like talk about peak mind, the peak minds of our time. Yeah. And it's like you can get mentored by those peak minds, even if you don't have direct access to them, because they spent their 10,000 hours on writing their words. Now I'm writing my book. It's like, man, the amount of energy and thought you have to put into it. It's like, you know, they, they have these great masterworks and like reading for me, great way to slow down. Uh, and I think, you know, what I'm working on more is this kind of circadian rhythm. So really moving more aligned with, with the actual rhythms of the day and how humans have evolved and how our cognition, our brains have evolved. Because we're still very much related to our ancestral you know, memory, biologically, habitually. And so I think we have to keep in mind you know, that we're living in this 21st century where things are changing so rapidly. You know, there's a mechanic quote that things have changed more since 1992 than the previous thousand years. Whether that's accurate or not, it feels like that. And so I think for all of us, finding ways to unplug from the technology that is our great distraction can be a great tool as well. I'm not anti-technology, but, but to be able to tap back in and plug into that which is our true selves, 
by connecting with amazing humans that we love. Again, that Harvard study, whether that be your kids, your, your partner, your best friends, you know, giving them a call. One of my practices, which is kind of my secret practice, is like yeah. I like to express gratitude, not just in my personal gratitude, but like I like to write thank you notes. Me too. Or, or, nice. send, uh, or send voice notes. Ooh. Like wherever there's not, uh, wherever it's the least noisy and the noise signal yeah. ratio, right? Email's terrible, right? So yeah. noisy. Yeah. But like people only get bills now in their mail. So you send them a thank you note, they love that, you yeah. know? For nothing. Not like you gave me a gift, like your presence is a gift. Or like a voice note, hey man, just thinking of you, That's just want to so say you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're an amazing human, you've made such a difference in my life. That just makes someone's day. So anyway, I won't wax poetic too long, but it's, it's just those are some of the things I like to do that I feel like other people can potentially apply. And it's not, it ain't the complicated stuff, man. It's, you know, it's keep it simple. It's the complex stuff that gets broken. And I just like to go back to like, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, I interviewed Ben Greenfield the other day and we're talking about all the biohacks. And it's like, I, I <laughs> love all that well. stuff. I yeah, love that stuff. Yeah. And at the same time, he was like, at the end of the day, I was like, if you had to still down to one thing, he'd be like, yeah, go back into nature. I was like, exactly. Yeah. yeah like, exactly. you know, like, let's keep in mind that like we're trying to approximate, you know, it's like we're talking about yeah. the climate changers I'm passionate about, like thinking of solutions for. And it's like, we think of all these great technologies that could potentially be a vacuum. And it's like, well, and there's trees, you know, like some things are like, I actually evolved over, you know, millennia to yeah. create exact solutions. And like, let's not recreate the wheel. Let's go back to what works. And uh, for me, that's, that's a lot of like the ancestral timing, tapping back into the rhythms of the day and using that as an impetus for learning. Isn't that crazy how... We can do so many things here. There's so many biohacks or all this, but everything just always comes back to simplicity, to people, to relationships, to nature. Yeah. Like it, as, as many cool things as there is, it always comes back to that core fundamentals. Yeah, it does. Dude, you could write a you could write a book of like five different things. <laughs> You've got a lot of books in you. You know that? <laughs> Thank you, brother. Well, Seriously, hopefully, we'll see. God, absolutely have to do. God it. willing, uh, hopefully there'll be a, there'll be a couple books that are burnt out. Again, like I shared with you earlier, vulnerably. Man. You know, like it took me a long time even to release. You know the Peak Mind podcast because it was like I had judgment coming from Global Citizen, where I was yeah. like, "Oh, Beyonce's on stage. I can't have some dude in my living room." As we're sitting here now, now I love it. Well, I'm I mean, like, I, I, I no, but I was like, "Oh, you know, my ego messed with me, yeah. and it kept me." Yeah. As, as I think was the truth for anyone who's listening, right? Like, some of us have these big dreams, and we're like, "Think of all the reasons why not." God, it's been such a liberation for me since I released that podcast and all the things. Even this coming into my life, my relationship with you. Thank you. Uh, so. Uh, the book I think is going to open up doors I can't even think about. I know that'll be the case for, for sure. you as well. I can't for wait sure, to read man. your book. Thank you. uh, but I, I just feel like you know one of the, one one of the topics I'm going to write about is this notion of next generation relationship building and and the fact that I think you know the notion of networking is kind of a broken paradigm and how do you build relationships, life changing relationships in the 21st century, being that that is the core tenant for long term health and happiness. And I think. You know, one of those core pieces, it for me at least, is the integrity of how you go about being a light and being a gift. And you've been that for me in terms of the dinners you've curated and I've been a part of, and the conversations that those have gestated. And I think, <clears throat> you know, my hope is that the book, and one of the principles I'm going to talk about, is that notion of platform. Whatever your platform is, even if it's you know, a thousand true fans, you know, it doesn't have to be the biggest, exactly. just because you don't have like whatever 400 million viewers like Tim Ferriss doesn't mean that it's not worthwhile. And, you know, even if, as I mentioned to you, for me, the ultimate catalyst was like, I went to a concert, I had meant to go see Tom Petty and I was like, oh, I'll do it next year. 
then he passed away. And when I was at that concert, I realized, you know, I don't want to die with my gift in me. And even if it ain't perfect, it's better to be out than perfect, you know? And so I think for anyone who's listening, whatever that is, if it's your book, your podcast, you know, it's a cookbook, I don't even know, whatever that looks like, you know, the ukulele, you know, like do your thing, man. <laughs> yeah, play, play, play your song, sing your music, because yeah. for me, it's like, that's been the greatest gift is like, you know, is taking the reps, you know, just taking the at-bats and like, and basically, you know, the gifts that come along the journey like this, like this conversation, yeah, like the things that come off that you don't even think about, right? Like at lunch, I met a potential collaborator just because we, we were sitting there at lunch, we had space at our table. We chose to invite those people in. And it's like being available for the serendipity in life. I would yeah. say uh, that that's one of the great things. Uh, approaches mindset wise that I try to take is like man how can I see today as a pleasant surprise like what surprises can I be open to that's so cool like my, my favorite thing that I got a saying that says today could be the best day of your life I love that and and like it could like it could but if you don't think that it can then it never will yeah so you have to live in that mindset and you absolutely do all right I could talk to you about days about all these different things and when your book's coming back out man I'll, or when it's come out we'll have you back on we're gonna Wonderful. dive even deeper a lot more stuff that we didn't even get to that i'd love to talk to you about some other air one lunch later <laughs> but right now let's throw you on the rapid fire hot seat so okay. whatever comes to your mind shout it out there you got it all right one of my favorites here what is your favorite mindset quote or saying or something that you might do or do not there is no try do or do not, there is no try. Yoda. Right the bat, Yoda. Yeah. Dude, that's so good. But that speaks to who you are. You're just going to throw those shots out there, whether whether it sticks or not. Like I'm a big believer in preparing for opportunity. Like Everything yeah. we do is a preparation for an opportunity to come. But if we don't take risks, we don't take chances, we might only have like one opportunity. Yeah. Why not have hundreds of opportunities? 100%. Love it. Love it. Okay, what is your definition of legacy? Leaving a legacy. Not in the definition of the terms that the world would see it as. But I feel like I have a very good idea what your answer is going to be, as you talked about it a lot. But yeah, for me, legacy is about how did you show up day in, day out, such that you evoked in others a greater possibility in themselves. Beautiful. So, you know, what that looks like at the end of days is ideally, you know, I had a great teacher when I was in high school, a gentleman by the name of Greg Baker. And uh, he was an Olympic caliber swimmer, and he he, wow. uh, he 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 went diving in Greece when he was a young man and broke his neck. He was in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. And what I loved about Greg Baker is I never once heard the man complain. You know, grew up in Chicago, fierce winters. He would get up crack of dawn, 5 a.m., wheel himself through the snow to teach swimming to you know his high school students. He was a I took James Joyce with him, you know, passionate teacher, literally like had us over on Sundays to like, you know, talk about books. This was like uh, so present with what he did, but he wouldn't take anything but the best from you. And you couldn't give him anything short of your best because he lived it. He exemplified it, right? <laughs> and unfortunately he passed away too young. But I remember I went to his 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 funeral, his his wake. And the room was beyond full capacity. And I just thought about, you know, like that's a life well lived. If your legacy is, you know, the, the room is at capacity, whatever that room size is, with people who have been moved and touched 
by their days spent with you, then to me, that's living a good legacy. So legacy is about living your days with the notion of knowing that one day it will be your last in such a way that it evokes in others their greatest possibility. Man, and think about that. Like he had that type of impact on you and I'm sure that shaped you to oh, yeah. who you would be. You had that impact on somebody else and tons of other people. That's an absolute amazing answer, man. Okay, so we talked about the book, Peak Mind, amazing podcast. Like literally you have some of the best guests I've, I've ever seen on. I'm gonna beg you someday to try to get on that, but what else is coming next from you? What are you uh, really juiced up and excited That's about? it, so Peak Mind Podcast, uh, check it out on iTunes. As you mentioned, we've had some some, some wonderful people. I actually really, I mean, people off, off this like the Dalai Lama, President Carter, folk, people like Navin Pillay, if you haven't listened, no, people won't necessarily know that name, but if you're, if you're in any way questioning around mindset or purpose, that episode in particular is life-changing, I think. Uh, I've gotten amazing okay. feedback on that, Check but uh, yeah. but that that's just even that process has been amazing. So peak my podcast, and then just you know people can check me out on uh, on Instagram or any of the po- platforms at Michael Trainer, and I'll yeah. announce the book's going to come out likely end of next year. But the biggest thing I'm working on is a campaign for 2020 uh, around Earth Day, which is going to be combining sort of personal challenge like rising up in terms of like meditation, physical challenge. Uh, and music, sort of my, my two worlds, mm-hmm. right? Global Citizen style and uh, Peak Mind in a way where people are rewarded for their their striving, their, their legacy, if you will, um, such that we plant trees for everyone participating. So for all these different actions, mm-hmm. I want to either plant or protect, and the vision is to plant to protect millions of trees because what I realized is, like, we are talking about this at lunch, like you can drink all the green juices you want in the world, but if you can't breathe the air, you know, we're stuffed. And as, as many of us know, you know, we have what many say would it be a decade and we literally have fires burning as we speak in California. You know, I think it's easy to sort of phase out the fact or like, you know, of our brains, the fact that the world is in a, in a, in a challenging uh, place. But my vision is let's let's change the narrative and instead of making it dire straits, let's make it hey, there's an opportunity here for us to rise up as as, as humans and as humanity. So my vision is to do, through hope and inspiration to create a context where your individual efforts can lead to uh, the building of a broader based movement, um, which will start with this notion of of planting and protecting millions of trees. So I'm going to launch that on the 50th anniversary of Earth Day, what I hope to be one of the world's largest meditations, um, and then channeling that, all the people who participate, um, into uh, reforestation and, and land protection, specifically in the Amazon and beyond. But yeah, if anyone wants to do that, it's just it's going to be peakmind.org. If you, if you pop in your email, uh, we'll, we'll get back to you. But I'm really excited about that. We've got some pretty epic artists lined up. Cool. Uh, and uh, I think it's going to be a fun day where literally people just by doing what they love and tapping into themselves can make a difference. Beautiful. And we can support on that? Like yeah, we'll everything percent like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, bro. man. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's going to take as many people as we can get. Okay, well, I'll help you, I'll help you out as much as I can, for Thanks, sure. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. As long as that. I get to come, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Follow in on Instagram. I, you're one of my stories I watch all the time. I think we probably bump elbows down here at this beach. I was down here running the sprints this morning. This beach. <laughs> yeah. Me and my wife will come down here and watch Sunset, so I see it on your Instagram stories, too. Dude, every day. I try, to, I, I, try to catch, I try to catch the sunset, especially yeah, I didn't come too. from New York. I, I still went down to New York a fair amount because I lived down the Hudson, so I tried to go catch it. 
but man, now the beauty is I live 40 so feet nice. from the beach, so I, I just I just get down there and try to watch it as much as possible. Love it. Okay, last final question. What does a one percenter mean to you? Kind of touched on it earlier, but what would your concise To me, one percenter is, is, is that notion of how do you improve your own version and vision of yourself? Again, in that same style of legacy, such that you're one percent better today than you were yesterday. Beautiful. And specifically, I think, 1% better in the in the version of yourself that is the greatest uh, emanator of possibility for those around you. Love it. Man, awesome. You are a 1% of the max. Thanks, brother. Thank you big time for coming on the podcast. Thank you for being the person that you are, the light to everyone that you are, all the things that you do for others. Just being a great friend to me. Pleasure, man. Oh, man. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thanks, David. Thank you so much for listening to the 1% podcast. Seriously, it means a ton to me. Time is the most valuable asset we have, and you are spending it with me. Thank you. And thank you for being the light you are to so many people in your life. Remember, no matter where you are or what you do, you have the chance to change someone's life daily. A smile, just listening to someone, even the smallest of small things, can change someone's entire perspective on life. Impacting one person's life can impact millions. And if you have a quick 30 seconds after this podcast and could leave a review, that would be amazing. That helps me to be able to continue to bring on great guests to this podcast. But if you don't have the time either, no biggie. Tell a friend, tell a family member, share this with someone you think could benefit from listening. And if you want, post what you learned from this episode up on Instagram. Tag me at davidnurse5. Because each month, I'm going to pick a winner from the people who leave reviews and tags on Instagram. I'm sending them super swag one percenter gear. And I'm also going to be sending out my first book, Pivot and Go, coming super, super soon. But it is on pre-sale today, right now. You can go get yourself a pre-sale. Be one of the first with a discounted price. Check it out at davidnurse.com. Or go to Amazon where you can search all books all over the place and you can order it there. It's on pre-sale today. Remember, the best gifts are gifts that can change someone's life. Thank you so much for being who you are. Feel more than free to reach out to me on Instagram at any time I answer everyone back. I am always here for you. Have a great week. And remember, pour into yourself 1% daily so you can pour into others 1% every single day.